0: All right, gentlemen, here we go. We are back this time we're back with Bill Meyer, the president and CEO of Kingdom Workers now if you're not familiar with Kingdom Workers, it is an organization you ought to get to know better uh, Kingdom Workers operates both domestically and all over the world to help bring the gospel to people they address a need in the community and then they bring the gospel to the community through that uh, through that need and so They do some pretty incredible work. I personally have done multiple trips with Kingdom Workers. I even got the opportunity a few years ago to speak at the Kingdom Workers Conference. It's a ministry very near and dear to my heart and near near and dear to a lot of other people's hearts too. And I can't wait to share it with you. Um, I can't encourage you enough to go get involved, um, whether it's just donating money or actually volunteering and going and doing some stuff. No matter what age you are, no matter what your interests are, there's something they've got for you. And so my encouragement is to get involved, but first, to be inspired by words of encouragement and some stories of ministry with Mr. Bill Meyer, the president and CEO of Kingdom Workers. But before we get started with that interview, we got to talk quick about Gird Up. There's some cool, exciting things coming your way, everything from uh, some gear to new opportunities um and some other stuff we've got into work so keep your eyes open keep your ears open but most importantly make sure you're sharing this podcast uh getting on facebook and joining the group and doing the things you need to do to stay connected so you can keep hearing this message um, and keep being encouraged to become the men you ought to be and now into the interview with mr bill meyer <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to Gird Up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungamach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. There we go. All right. Welcome back. We are with Mr. Bill Meyer, who is the, the head of Kingdom Workers. What's your title with Kingdom Workers? President and CEO. President. All right. The head honcho. Yeah. Cool. So uh, Kingdom Workers used to be Wells Kingdom Workers. Now it's just Kingdom Workers. Yep. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about Kingdom Workers. What is Kingdom Workers
1: and what do you guys do? Kingdom Workers is a global mission society. Uh, we have a saying at Kingdom Workers, sometimes you got to dig through the roof, uh, and that really captures what we do. Uh, in Mark chapter 2, a bunch of bold believers brought their friend to meet Jesus, and they, they couldn't get to Jesus because of the situation, the context, the crowd. And so someone in the group said, hey, why don't you guys go up on the roof and and, and maybe you can get through that way. And they did it. They went up on the roof and they dug through and they lowered their friend on to Jesus. And uh, a lot of us know what happened next. Uh, Jesus forgave the guy's sins and then he healed him. And yeah. that was in Capernaum. And from there it, it launched a major ministry. Um, so that's what Kingdom Workers does. We mobilize people, bold people, to do whatever it takes to connect their neighbors to Jesus, their healer, and Jesus, their Savior.
0: Awesome. So, like, what specifically does that look like?
1: So, in Malawi, it's a group of 200 Lutheran church members in 18 churches that bring people with disabilities to Jesus, and they, they visit them in their homes, but they also do simplified worship in different locations. They do physical therapy. There are kids that were not baptized, not walking, not talking, not able to feed themselves or toilet themselves, that now are feeding themselves, toileting themselves, Walking, talking, and have been baptized in worship on a weekly basis.
0: So it's kind of like a special ed program, almost like a Jesus Cares type thing for kids in Malawi?
1: Yeah, we use Jesus Cares worship at the cross in Malawi. Okay, yeah. But in addition, we do this therapy, and it's all done by Lutheran church members, Malawian church members. There's a few Americans that participate as volunteers as well. Some are there to learn, some are there to teach. Yeah. Uh, But in Malawi, it's different than what we do in the States and what we do in Indonesia. And each place Mm -hmm. that we work, we're looking for what's the what's the 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 biggest problem that's begging for a solution that the church can deliver what is it that makes people lose sleep at night in indonesia it was water okay yeah uh, they just didn't have access to water on the island right. of timor and you can't drill wells in most of timor uh just because of the topography uh you've got to find a different way to provide the water so we call them water solutions uh, most of it is, is piped from different places in the jungle. In some places, it's a gravity flow. Sometimes there's a pump, and then there's a tank with a filter next to the church. There, wow. We don't have any disability ministry there. You know, that's what I introduced in, in Malawi. But there, it's water, and then we do early childhood education. The kids that used to carry water all day, now they go to school. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So that's really good. So we also have, have translated Christ's light for the schools there. Um, here in the States, Builders for Christ is really well known. We mm-hmm. build churches, schools. Yeah. We also do some housing. Uh, we're, we're about to start a ministry to foster families in southern Wisconsin, uh, recruiting foster families, but also serving foster families with care networks. Okay. And then serving the foster kids. And someday I'd like to serve the, the, the biological parents that are trying to get their kids back. Yeah. Uh, leading them to a place where they understand and desire mm-hmm. God pleasing marriage.
0: So is that something that people do? Like, is that something that exists right now?
1: There are people doing it. Uh, there aren't many people in this part of Wisconsin doing it. We okay. we see it in other parts of the U.S. S- uh, small groups of churches here, or there. Uh, in our Lutheran fellowship, we don't we don't see it happening. Uh, you know, I, I just mentioned our Lutheran fellowship, and earlier you said uh, you introduced me. saying Kingdom workers used to be known as Wells as Kingdom workers. Yeah. Just one other note about that is is uh, the reason we're just Kingdom workers is because we work with uh, 11 different lutheran church bodies around okay, the globe yeah. uh, we work directly with all 11 well there's over 30 that are part of our global fellowship that yeah. we're willing to work with and and so we're all, we're all about this global fellowship mm-hmm. mobilizing and empowering them to do mission work wherever yeah. they are and that's why we're just plain old kingdom workers and when when uh you know, a group of Nigerians or South Sudanese people or Malawians put on their kingdom worker T-shirts. Yeah. They're just kingdom workers.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Just, yeah. 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 the Denomination doesn't matter a whole lot over there. No, no. It's awesome. just
1: about it's just about being a, a worker in the Lord's kingdom.
0: Cool. So you mentioned you're guys in, Mar- in Malawi, mm-hmm. uh, Indonesia, and then you do a lot of stuff in the States. So let's talk about uh, Malawi a little bit. What does the um, kingdom workers work in Malawi look like? like? What are you guys doing over there?
1: All right. So we talked about the disability mm-hmm. ministry in Malawi. Yep. Uh, So, core to that ministry also is sustainability, that Mm -hmm. we want this to be something that uh, isn't just about serving a few people with disabilities for a few years. We're trying to fundamentally change the culture Mm -hmm. of the entire country, quite candidly. Uh, When we introduced that ministry, the idea of serving people with disabilities, uh, there is no other church of any stripe color, denomination that was serving people with disabilities. And when we introduced the idea to our, our fellow Lutherans, uh, we were talking to some church leaders, some pastors, and men training to be pastors. Uh, and th- they were trying to wrap their heads around it. And the reason it was really hard for them is the, the physiological explanation for developmental or intellectual disability just doesn't exist there they don't oh, know yeah it's, it's a mystery right so whenever there's a mystery that's there's a gap and people mm-hmm. fill the gap we do it too in america when we don't understand something we, we we decide for ourselves what it must be so in their case uh what had been decided is if there's an intellectual disability it's either demon possession or it's witchcraft <laughs> oh. And you don't either want to mess with demon possession <laughs> right. or witchcraft, so you're scared right. to death of a person with an intellectual disability. Yeah. So we asked, the, you know, we we started the conversation, didn't get a lot of interaction, didn't get a lot of feedback, and then the question was asked uh, in this in the Lutheran Church: Are you baptizing people with developmental disabilities? Mm-hmm. And a little argument broke out, a debate in Chewa. and I wasn't in the room, I wasn't there. Uh, and the guys that were there, they didn't speak CHEWA. I, 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 coincidentally, I'm a CHEWA speaker, but I wasn't there, so I couldn't help. <laughs> In any case, uh, they uh, they they argued for a few moments, and then and then the other guys said, "Hey, uh, what are you, what are you arguing about?" And they said, "Well, we're arguing uh, or trying to decide whether or not a person with a developmental disability has a soul. Oh, because if they don't have a soul, why would you baptize? Right. And so that's that's the huge gap that was bit faced there, and and so we had to cross that gap and get to the point where people with without disabilities were willing to serve people with disabilities yeah. outside their immediate family. Inside right. the immediate family, there's an understanding of love, but else, but then those kids are hidden. Yeah, and so uh, as we as we taught worship at the cross, and then we taught therapy. After two years, uh, our trainer do, did an assessment. And saw that things were happening, uh, worship was occurring, there was therapy being taught to the parents, but our volunteers mm-hmm. still would not physically touch a person with a disability. Okay. And so we still had a ways to go. Now, and, and you can see a picture of, of this in a couple spots in Kingdom Workers content mm-hmm. and collateral, uh, that, that fear has been overcome. Uh, th- th- there's a lot of love, and yeah. it's shown in the way they carry each other and help each other. The physical touching barriers been been right. crushed, yeah. and that's what we call digging through the roof. Mm-hmm. Now, so we, we believe that's a sustainable change. We, we've yeah, we changed the life of those kids with disabilities, their parents, and the volunteer members that are now providing the work. Their lives are changed forever. There's no going back. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we're trying to do is there's now three Malawian full-time staff that are of the kingdom worker corporation Mm -hmm. they they work for us it's not americans that are doing all the work and there are kingdom worker malawi trustees that are a governing board and uh someday they will fund as well the the same way we the ministry is funded here in the states Uh, they'll they'll eventually be learning adopting the same practices that they'll have they'll have the ability to grow and move and shift and expand and serve whoever they want on the continent of Africa the right. same way we do over here. And similarly, we're, we're trying to build that same model in Asia or wherever yeah. we work. We, we work in, in South America as well as the Caribbean. Also, each place we work, that's the long-term goal, that uh, the involvement of me and other Americans uh, becomes more focused on America. Mm-hmm. And people who live in Asia, Africa, or South America – they own what goes on there.
0: So do you then to completely just hand it over to them and is that the goal to completely hand it over financially and everything or yeah yeah awesome yeah cool the
1: the challenge is to to create alignment so Mm -hmm. we hand it over and their kingdom workers were kingdom workers we're all we all still have the same purpose it's our cause it's the gospel and we all have the same mission which which is transforming people while connecting them to Jesus in a sustainable way Mm mm-hmm and, and we all just roll.
0: So what does the culture just generally look like over in Malawi? So you mentioned a little bit, like, you know, there's a, you know, these, if you have de- developmental disabilities, they, you know, it's kind yeah. of a woo-woo thing. So, yeah. like, what it, was it a third-world country still, or is, can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, M- Malawi remains one of the poorest countries in the world. Uh, I, you know, it's somewhere in, in, in the, te- among the 10 most poorest countries oh, in the wow. world. Occasionally you know, every now and then it pops up as the (laughs) poorest, uh, but, but claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. At at the same time, Malawi's an awesome, beautiful place, Mm -hmm. uh, with awesome, beautiful people. The, uh, the, the villages and the cities are all crowded. I mean, cities there that's, it's urban crowding Mm -hmm. in the villages. It's, it's rural, it's crowded, uh, and it's overpopulated uh, mm-hmm. because there just isn't enough land so there's people on top of people on top of people uh, the and so economically that that's some of what holds people back is mm-hmm. the pressure for land it, it still has a lot of corruption like a lot of other places but land mm-hmm. pressures are one of their one of their big issues the the country's by and large christian you know somewhere around 80% oh possibly okay. more are identify as Christian. That doesn't mm. mean they're in church every every Sunday. Right. Uh, there's a lot of Catholics, a lot of Presbyterians, there's a lot of Lutherans, a lot of Episcopalians, uh, and and the other thing about Malawi culturally is it's a it's a, a family centered matriarchal society. Uh, wherever the woman never really leaves her village. You get married and you you move to the okay. the woman's village and you get land through the the, the wife's family. Oh wow. And and that's how you grow. I mean that the the, the 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 matriarchs are what is the family identification
0: done. So is there polygamy at all then, or
1: not as much anymore? Uh, there 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 was polygamy, mm-hmm. and it it can happen now. And,
0: well, and it kind of makes but, sense too. Like you have five wives, you get all that land, right?
1: Uh, you or know, not necessarily. You know, I. I never got deep into it. I'm, I'm not an anthropologist, but, but that, you know, just knowing human nature, yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. Uh, it, but in general, because it's a matriarchal society, you, that's a sign of power. If you've got multiple wives too, mm. you're just more power, you're a more powerful guy. You know, you can accumulate these, these wives. Right. Uh, but it, it's by and large, it, it doesn't happen nearly as often. And, uh, and I wouldn't know what the ratios are, but it's right. not very common. I didn't know anyone that had okay. two wives. Yeah. I, I can I tell a story about a guy. Yeah, go ahead. Form, uh, he was a headman and uh, a missionary who is now in heaven. His name is John Janicek, and he, he's one of my friends. He was missionary. I served with him for a couple of years when I first arrived mm-hmm. in Malawi, and he retired soon after I arrived. But uh, a lot of Malawians were afraid of John. And there's a couple reasons. One is he liked owls and owls are seen as spirits <laughs> yeah. and they're bad, but he liked owls. And the other was, there was a a guy that had been in the Lutheran church who was a, a local chief or a local headman, mm-hmm. And, uh, he was practicing polygamy. And, and so the church uh, excommunicated him, you know, for in love for his own sake. You, you cannot, mm-hmm. you know, you're, 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 it was, it was adulterous actually at, at that point. And so, uh, John had to go see him in the years after he had been kicked out and he was there actually to complain about the funeral practices that on Sundays when John was there for church, the chief wouldn't let anyone come that if they were at a funeral. A funeral an all day event. Okay. And John was just saying, Hey, can you let everyone go to church for an hour or two and then they'll come back to the funeral. Right. And he, and he said, and Oh, by the way, are, are you still, you still keeping two wives or three wives or whatever it was? And, and, uh, the, the guy said, well, of course I am. And John said, well, you know, you're you're living in, in unrepentant sin, and odds are that if you got struck by lightning today, you'd probably go to hell. You should repent and change your ways. And the chief said, yeah, okay, have a good day, missionary Janicek, and John went home. Well, that night there was a thunderstorm, and the chief got struck by lightning <laughs> and died.
0: Oh. <laughs> Everybody goes, what?
1: Yeah, yeah, so... So John was, all of a sudden, all the Lutheran churches started growing, too.
0: <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so are there a lot of jobs over there? Or what do they do for a living? And like how do they survive?
1: Yeah, so the large, large majority of people are subsistence farmers, meaning you've got a small plot of land, you know, may, maybe a couple small plots of land that together make up an, an one acre. Oh, Maybe wow. not even. Yeah. Maybe it's a half acre. Uh, and, and so they, 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 there's multi-cropping, so they might have uh, squash, some, some beans or nondolo or chickpeas, and corn. Everyone likes mm-hmm. corn, uh, pumpkins. And that's basically their food for the year. Some of them have a little more land, and they'll try and grow a little bit of tobacco. But in the rural areas, it's these, these small fields and if they if they run out of cash, they'll go in the town and look for ganyu, which means piecework, or you know get a, get a job for a week, mm. either for electric company digging digging ditches or trenches yeah. for power lines, or as a gardener or a field hand somewhere, and they'll just get a little bit of cash. Uh, there, there are there's more and more access to higher ed in Malawi. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondary education has been been growing for many years, but not everyone has access to it. In addition, above that. You know, there's a couple different universities. Couple's the wrong word. There's there's probably about a dozen now. Oh. But uh, the, the, the the challenge is the finances. You know, when you're a subsistence mm-hmm. farmer and you basically just barely have enough money to feed your family, uh, having enough money to put a kid through secondary school is really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, having enough money to get a kid through college is even more difficult. Little by little, as people get have more access to education. When a family member makes it through, they support the entire family. Then the next generation, maybe two or three will make it through. Mm -hmm. And so in that respect, the number of people that are getting higher education is multiplying, and that's helping the economy. There's a few more entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few more teachers. Um, There's four more teachers that are really good teachers with a higher education rather than licensed teachers with two years of post-secondary education. So it's... I I believe uh, socioeconomically, uh, the economy is may may or not be gr- may or may not be actually growing by numbers, mm-hmm. but I do believe that more and more people are gaining access to better jobs and the education that gets them the better job and that type of thing.
0: Okay, uh, so. Are, so there are churches that are in, like Lutheran churches in Malawi, you said. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what's your interaction with those churches? Is it, do you, like, do you have a lot of interaction with them or? Sure do, yeah, yeah. So, so what a, does that look like?
1: Yeah, so as an organization, the disability ministry right now is in 18 of the 150 or so Lutheran Church of Central Africa congregations. Okay. The, uh, the only, the reason we're in 18 is because. It takes a long time to to teach and plant this ministry and go to the next. We 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 our goal is to get into all 150. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this fall, last fall in November, I spent a week in Malawi and met with what's called the president's advisory council. That's the 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 CID's top governing body, mm-hmm. and. We talked about kingdom workers, and a couple of them expressed that originally they themselves were a little bit skeptical about the disability ministry because it was just so foreign and so, f- so are different. Are these natives? Yeah, or? these are all okay. Malawians, and uh, great, great guys. Uh, some of them I worked with when I was a missionary there. Mm-hmm. They uh, And they said, but now we've seen it. We've seen this for a couple of years. We've seen now how these churches have been impacting, well, how they've impacted their community and how the community has impacted the churches. They're growing. The churches are they're becoming well-known mm-hmm. and we need this ministry in every congregation how fast can you get it there and so you know so there's there's a relationship with the leadership of the church body that that i might hold <laughs> as well as uh you know well any of us at kingdom workers might be involved in that relationship uh on the ground on the daily basis uh we've got a, a field manager named dan and a community development mm-hmm. uh manager named Leanna, who are married and have, and have triplets, oh, so it's pretty intense. They they just turned two, the triplets. Uh, and then there's a staff of three people: Ten um, uh, Davy, and uh, Elena. And and those those that, that team of five people works with a local lead team. We call it the Disability Advisory Team. It's a it's a group of volunteers who are know, recognized as leaders in their congregations and a mm. group of pastors. Uh, so they in an ongoing way are advising all the time on how to improve the ministry and go to new places and beyond that uh we uh, that team of five people at at this point is recruiting from among the existing volunteers little teams that go to new places new churches Mm -hmm. that want to learn how to do the ministry and they teach it and then they come back and they do assessment and they coach and it takes it takes a full year of ongoing interaction among volunteers and the kingdom workers staff with new members new member congregations to to grow the ministry and then you move on to the next place and then the next place um so it's it's been uh yeah we were in four congregations for almost 3 years without we trained 8 only 4 took <laughs> those four was about three years and now for the last two years in a row we've grown we went from like four back up to eight or nine and now we went up to 18. cool yeah all right uh so
0: you also talked about indonesia so what's going on in indonesia
1: yeah uh indonesia is a it's really it's really cool again to see how god puts the pieces in place to make stuff happen uh Guy named Jason that's worked with me for, for quite a while. Uh right right now he's he, he's a professor at Grand Canyon University, but he worked with Kingdom okay, Workers and yeah. really helped us launch Health and Development Ministry as as a sustainable core to the work. Uh, he, we had an invitation to just come and do some community assessment in, in rural Indonesia on the island of Timor. And he went over there and and uh he's got a He's he's got a master's in public health and a a uh, Ph.D. in population health science. He's, oh, a, he's wow. a really smart dude, really hack, analytical. Yeah. yeah. So he so assessment research that's like his thing, and mm-hmm. so he went in and he just did a ton of listening and and learned about the not just that there wasn't water, but why there wasn't easy access <laughs> to water and what yeah. the impact of it was, and then heard a lot about and learned a lot about uh, early childhood education and other health factors. So he came back and said here's where we need to start. We need to start with two things. We need, we've got we've to find a way to deliver water into mm-hmm. some of these villages where there's a Lutheran church. And we have to teach the folks how to maintain the water system, whatever the system is going to be, uh, and own it. And then also, we need to, to help imp, you know, initiate, implement, build, launch some early childhood education facilities mm-hmm. Uh, with, with Christian material, Christ light.
0: Right. There was uh, an tr- existing church there already?
1: Again, yeah, there's some Lutheran congregations okay. there. Uh, they don't all have, uh, you know, in the States, when we, especially among Lutherans, when we think of a pastor, it's someone mm-hmm. that's been through seminary. Um, in Indonesia, uh, pastor means uh, your shepherd, your leader. Mm-hmm. And very few of them actually have been through okay. much seminary training. They've mm-hmm. got some training. There are, there are now a few of them that have been through seminary but in general they're 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 world churches with a leader and uh they're they're they confess the lutheran confessions they're part Mm of the the lutheran church of indonesia that we're in fellowship with and and that's how we got connected to this group where the assessment took place so jason came back and said so so bill we got to do all this and i said yeah i think we can do it i mean. you know, one one of the things that I have to do is whatever we do, I've got to make sure there's financial support to do it. And what he described, I was I felt strongly there'd be financial support for it. We we we'd find people excited to do it, but what we didn't have is a person that could understand exactly what we're trying to do from a you know missiology standpoint, where we're sharing the gospel while also delivering water and early childhood. So we need someone that understands gospel ministry. That understands education, that also understands uh, health and development, human care, Christian welfare, and that speaks English and that speaks Bahasa Indonesia.
0: <laughs> it's just taking a razor to it there. Yeah, and
1: and they got to be part of our fellowship too. Oh yeah, because you know, this is right. You know, ministry. It's yeah, not, it's, absolutely. It's, you know, so we need a. a Person in our fellowship that can do all this and i mean we we were stumped but we just started networking mm-hmm. and uh we got introduced to a, a lady named coral katie yeah uh who lived 11 years in indonesia and when we met her she this is it was her fourth year in hanoi vietnam and i interviewed her over skype while she was in her apartment in hanoi vietnam uh she's a graduate of what at that time, was known as Dart, Doctor Martin Luther College in Newhall, Minnesota, and eventually, you know, found her way to Indonesia and then yeah. Vietnam, and had, uh, in addition to education, had learned Indonesian bahasa, and had run uh, an orphan project in Jakarta, Indonesia, wow. and had wow. gotten into Christian welfare. And we said, Coral, uh, you're it. You know, there's. I th- we're pretty sure you're you're like the only person on the planet that fits our <laughs> qualifications. So you might as well just put in your letter of resignation right now because we need you. you know? <laughs> I mean, right. I, I was we were a little. I wasn't quite that blunt, but yeah. that was right. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, uh, you know, God connected us to her, and she to us, and she's been working for us uh, at Kingdom Workers now for is this her? F- this is her fourth or fifth year. I think she's just started. She's finishing her fourth year. Cool. And uh, so water solutions, I want to say in nine villages and early childhood in four. Uh, we've done health fairs, literacy fairs, uh, eyeglass clinics in...
0: Oh, never would have thought of that.
1: 12, no, 15, 15 locations because we, we've done that in Jakarta as well. Uh, and... I mean, it just keeps rolling. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's no no shortage of of need or opportunity. Uh, she's now starting STEM in preschool. <laughs> if you can imagine cool. that, they're yeah. doing STEM education in preschool. It's it's just it's incredible. Uh, the The next steps in Indonesia is to develop a, a, a local staff. You know, to you know, we're 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 Coral's time and bandwidth is really tapped out. It's maximized mm-hmm. right now. And for us to be able to facilitate the service of more people to catalyze that service, we need local Indonesian staff that, that live there, speak the language, are, are part of the organization, know the mission, mm-hmm. have been have received the training they need, and then we can just cut them loose and, and do what yeah. we do on a larger scale.
0: So when you, you talk about, like, eyeglass clinics and stuff, and that's something I would have never would have occurred to me. How much of that stuff is just, like, do you guys think of that or is it Pretty much just no. asking us, like, what do you guys need? And in, then they,
1: yeah, in every case, in every single case, every single idea comes from the the local leadership or the local population. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll 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 do community survey, do a lot of listening, and then the community leaders sort of help us refine down to all right, what's most important here. Now, there, there there may be one or two things that we've been asked to do that we just don't have the competency competency to do. Yeah. So then we have to find the highest thing on the list that we feel we've got the access okay. yeah. to the competency that needs to be brought in. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, in, in the Caribbean, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest, most visible project that serves as community outreach is aquaponics. It's what is that? It's uh raising fish and plants in the same system. Oh, okay. Also called hydroponics. Yeah. And uh, right now they're building mobile units. Uh, the government is asked Grace Lutheran Church, to deliver this to the whole island. So, and they're like, well, you know, we're Christian. And when we do this, uh, we, we're doing this because we're connecting people to Jesus. And they're like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> what else, you know? Yeah. So, all right, no problems with that. No, no, no problems with that. Connect to Jesus, but just build the aquaponics, please, and get it out there. Yeah. So there, there's you don't have to worry about church and state separation that kind of stuff in yeah. a place like that. So, but again, it's it's, it's because we what was recognized was uh economic development nutrition sustainability mm-hmm. that was what they were looking for in Grenada it's more uh, you know, uh, w- you use the term third third world Grenada would be second world on that continuum yeah, okay you know it's it's got a developed economy right but it's it's certainly uh not a robust economy that everyone can find a job mm-hmm. so so that's what they that's what they were looking for so that's what we're doing
0: so the aqua aquaponics or aquaponics Ponics, yeah o- uh, so are they making money off Like, how do they? Yeah. So the, the actual system. So are you? Are they eating the fish? Or are they eating the plant? Or like, what? What's the? So why so that? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. The some of the fish and some of the vegetables are eaten by the family. The majority are sold. Okay. Um, they're sold either to restaurants or hotels, or or other families that want want some fish as food. As food. And so it's it's income for the grower, food for the purchaser, uh, but the grower also gets a little bit of food for themselves. Awesome. So they get a little bit of food and, and yeah. a little bit of uh, income. Last year we had uh, a group from the the business program at Wisconsin Lutheran College go down to work on the economic side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran College is an outstanding partner for some of the ministry that we're involved in. Uh, the, the The aquaponics came out of the biology department at at WLC, uh, <laughs> Professor Bob Anderson was a, was the initiator of all that, and we got that down there. And then then we saw that economically this wasn't being maximized, mm-hmm. and so got some help from WLC's uh, business department. So Professor and students went down, and they just worked on the like the microeconomics of a unit, and taught and coached you know how you manage the startup cost, how you manage the the on the ongoing operational costs, and any yeah. maintenance you need and turn it into something that's profitable. So here you follow this model and you'll be feeding yourself, you'll feed other people and you'll make money.
0: So what is the startup cost on something like that? Is it I'd, like a large portion of their I I don't know the details know. down there. I <laughs> we'd, we'd have to ask
1: <laughs> I yeah, I know the cool stories, <laughs> and, then yeah. I, and then I and then I then I work with the people that financially support it. But right. we we actually yeah we, another part of Kingdom workers that we have is w- we do really deep program evaluation, mm-hmm. and uh, like for example in Malawi I've got a forty page analytical evaluation of mm-hmm. of the work in Malawi and all the outcomes, and so that's where it actually gets into into those really deep details of what mm-hmm. every little thing costs, and. Uh, what are, what are the outcomes for the families uh, and the individuals, both yeah. the volunteers and uh, the people being served? So we do we actually do have that information available for <laughs> for the deep readers and that cool. kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: very cool. Um, so, hmm, I think I'm thinking phrase this. I want to talk about. So I want to transition into like. What people can help people get involved. There we go. Hey. So people that, like, so if I want to get involved with Kingdom Workers and start doing some of this stuff, or, like, go to Africa or just do stuff in in the States, um, Indonesia, that kind of stuff, or, like, how can people be involved with Kingdom Workers? Yeah, yeah. And
1: there is a lot of stuff going on in the States as well, Uh, in in Wisconsin, Nevada, and Arizona on the Apache Reservation. So you don't have to get on an airplane (laughs) if you want (laughs) to get involved. So KingdomWorkers.com is the place to start and uh, it's under construction actually the brand new one will be out i my best estimate is november that's that's our target and i think we're going to hit it the uh the page the the website has an opportunities page and there's always a few current hey we need people for x y or z on that page but more importantly we want people to just tell us hey i want to do something someday whether i want to recruit a team from my school or from my church or from my family we've got mm-hmm. all three types of groups and they can uh indicate to us you know you can go out two years and say you know what in in the summer of 2020 we want to do something either in Asia or Africa uh, and there's going to be eight of us and we'll put you on the calendar and keep you connected and then get you out there as a group mm-hmm. uh you know sometimes we're just looking for an individual like uh Right now we need someone in Grenada that's got a, a, a background in special needs. We're, we're starting up s- something similar to the disability ministry in Malawi. We're going to do Jesus Cares, simplified wor- uh, supplied worship, but also connected with the school in Grenada, some special needs work. So, so if you're listening to this and you could do that, go to KingdomWorkers.com. You know, click whatever button is there that you can find that allows you to communicate mm-hmm. with us and tell us. Our phone number's there. Call us. Um, send us a pigeon, a carrier pigeon with a note. <laughs> uh, we, we, we need to know who you are. The, we, we, we deploy anywhere from three to six full t- new full-time mission workers every year, in addition to the short-term volunteerism. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the one that was just deployed in Milwaukee, she's got a, a degree in social work. Uh, we've got a few people in Chile and Japan that have degrees in in business or Spanish, uh, and but, but they have one common thread, zeal for the Great Commission, and they want to mm-hmm. serve. So we've got real long-term permanent opportunities to serve as well as short-term. And, and the other thing is all of these people that are serving, Chile, Japan, Milwaukee, uh, the work I do, we, we all live off of financial support. Uh, and so our support network is extremely important and dear to us. We love to serve <laughs> right. our supporters. Yeah. So a person can get involved that way as well and you know you're going to be loved by us and, and cared for by us while you while you care for us we'll be caring for you because that's 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 how the world works that's how God designed us.
0: Absolutely. So if I want to make a is that like if donations is that all on the same website?
1: Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. There's a give button on kingdomworkers.com.
0: Cool. Yep. I'll make sure I get a link to Kingdom Workers up on the Facebook page, and then um, yeah. we'll tag you guys and everything that has to do with this, too. And yeah, cool. cool. Um, so when like when you're looking for volunteers, what do you look for in volunteers? Like, what makes an ideal volunteer?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the very first thing, and when we've got a mission services team that basically vets the people that apply. And there's a little bit more flexibility with short-term volunteers and groups where if there's a group leader and we can get uh, the blessing of a spiritual leader that, yeah, this group of people, they're, they're well-motivated and they're doing this for the right reasons. Uh, we, we just want to make sure that they're healthy, you know, that they're healthy, they're going to be safe, that they're responsible, mm-hmm. and, and that they actually really do have an interest in the area that they're going to either participate or learn from. Uh, and it's, but it's, it's not very technical. We're not, you know, we're not going to be resume readers in those situations. <laughs> right. Uh, for someone that's going to be deployed permanently, it's, it's a, it's a pretty intense vetting process. Uh, there's a couple of interviews. There's an essay, and the, the thing that we're looking to reveal is, are, are they doing this because they're looking for an adventure that they could find in the Peace Corps, or are they doing this because they love their Lord and they love people, and, and they really seriously want to both connect people to Jesus, their Savior, but also Jesus, their healer. Mm-hmm. That they want to practice Christian welfare while they connect them through the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and when we see those shared values, uh, then then we're going to look at the CV or the resume and and look for qualifications. Do they can they actually do they have the skill set that we're looking for as well? awesome
0: yeah is there one of these projects that's like your pet project that that you uh i
1: I love them all all? uh, yeah is there any that's
0: more dear near and dear to your heart than another or anything well
1: i mean having lived in malawi and having many many dear friends in malawi it's Mm -hmm. it's it's hard for me not to talk about malawi uh but i but i mean I've got friends in Indonesia and Japan right, and yeah. Chile now as well, as as well as the, the Apache Reservation. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard for me to contain my excitement and zeal for what's going on in all of those places. And uh, we're about to kick off a, a, a this, this ministry to foster, the foster community, in my own hometown of Watertown, Wisconsin. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm really stoked for that one. Uh, my, my wife and I used to be licensed for foster care, so that's... Something that's we, we understand the the burden that, that foster families accept and want to help me. them with that as a ministry. Yeah, so, uh, so anyway, I'm stoked about that one, Charlie. I may, <laughs> I mean, it, you could try again to try and pin me down to one, but
0: I <laughs> nah, just, just look for it, you know, see if you, I don't know if there's any favoritism going on or anything. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, okay, so you, you mentioned that you just deployed somebody in Milwaukee. What what is she doing in Milwaukee? Like, what's the project?
1: Yeah, yeah. Her name's Ashley, and she's connected with. Uh, she's you'd call her embedded at mm. the lighthouse youth center mm-hmm. uh do you know lighthouse charlie yeah i do
0: yeah, yeah we're hoping to get chuck a on here sometime oh yeah she works yeah. with
1: chuck a that's actually who she works with. yeah Donald and Duncan chester
0: reineman who's on who's been on the podcast a couple of times a good friend of mine oh is, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah he's
1: down there at a uh, yep. sem something yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> he's involved <laughs> yeah cool yeah. well uh so her, her program is is a youth community youth leadership mm-hmm. and it's to take lighthouse out of the lighthouse into the community with these kids uh, ideally all of us we want to work with the whole family down the road yeah. but right now we're it's starting with youth leadership we're trying to t- take that mission out into the into the community and into the homes and and develop young leaders there in uh in in the Garden Home neighborhood
0: awesome yeah Cool. Uh, so actually, there was a there was a moment a couple of weeks ago, it was months ago now, where it was Anna Sharon, Ashley, Chester, and I, and, and another guy all hanging out together, and you, you were uh, you were a part of that conversation. Oh, really? <laughs> so so, they had good things to say. Okay. They love working for you. Oh, no, you just piqued my interest. <laughs> uh, they, they, they really enjoy working for you. They really enjoy working for you. Cool. So uh, if people want to get involved with Kingdom Workers, make sure they get on the website. Yeah. Uh, there's opportunities internationally there's a lot of opportunities domestically yep. um, college kids and I got to do a couple of those trips in college station um, in college uh, doing TCW uh, which is travel campus witness I also got to go out and run a summer camp in North Hollywood California which was awesome uh, actually I've forgotten about this but you guys uh, invited me to speak at your conference one year too which was a lot of fun and yeah yeah, it's not often that you can. So I, this is my claim to fame. One of my many small claims to fame is I got, I got uh, Don Zelo, the the owner of Quick Trip, to do the tootie tie on that particular weekend. And so that's my claim to fame. I got, I got him to do the tootie tie. He he's a good man. <laughs> he's a great man. He's a great man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so if you want to get involved, no matter what age you are, you know, it, whatever whatever the opportunity is, uh, get on Kingdom Workers website. And uh, get get involved. It's an awesome organization. I Love working with you guys. Anything else you want to say before we?
1: Well, you just put up Don Zietlow, so I'll put a plug in because he's a Kingdom worker also. You know, okay. If you're if yeah. you're in Iowa, Minnesota, or Wisconsin, you know, go get a box of glazers next time you pick up gas.
0: <laughs> awesome, <laughs> very cool. All right, uh, sweet. Yeah. Kingdom workers, go check him out. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at The Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at Coach Ungemach, that's U N G E M A C H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five-star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Pommier for our podcast art, and thank you to you, the listener, because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.